Hello and welcome, best friends, to another episode of Best Friends Talk Funny, the only kind of funny community podcast all about the best friends that make up said community. I am your host, Kyle Stevenson, a.k.a. Who That Ninja 73 And before I get to who my guest is today, uh, which you already know because you clicked on the podcast link to listen, which I appreciate you so much for doing so. Um, I didn't get a chance to say this uh, last week and I think the week before, um, but somebody uh, sent me a screenshot or, or told me um, that they nominated me for the kind of funny up and comer opportunity. And I am so thankful and grateful and humbled that some of you out there think of me in that way and want to help me reach my goal. And it blows me away and I'm kind of at a loss for words. Um, what I want you to do is even if you don't nominate me or you haven't, or you're just here listening because you wanted to get to know a best friend a bit better, which is totally fine. And I love you for that. And keep, keep doing it, please. Cause I have a lot of really cool guests lined up in the future. Um, but what I want you to do is I want you to go and nominate somebody who you feel deserves a chance, uh, to, to go to kind of funny studios for a week and to learn and to grow as a content creator. Um, that, like I said on the show before, that is a dream of mine is to work for kind of funny and other people have other dreams in the industry just like that. And for us or not even just us for just somebody to get a chance to go there and to learn how to become a better editor, producer, host, uh, just be around some of the best content creating minds out there doing it today is an honor and a once in a lifetime opportunity. So whether it's, it's me or it's not go ahead and go nominate somebody and make their day, make their dream get closer to becoming true. And if you need some help figuring out who on this show alone, I've had many other content creators in the community who are killing it whether it's Mike Tandro for Three Best Friends and his own music stuff, R Wings, go check him out. He's amazing. Whether it's uh, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Rowe, uh, who is an amazing writer for over at Your Geeky Gal Pal. Um, she, uh, oh my God, they are fantastic over there. Um, whether it's Brent Johnson at Uber Brent on Twitch, he's amazing. Whether it's Andrew Taylor who Raccoon City Radio with Alex O'Neill from Rational Passions. Alex hasn't been on the show yet, but he, any of the Rational Passions, dude. My co-host from the Trophy Room, Joseph Moran, go nominate him because he is such a hard worker and he deserves it. Or Emmett Watkins from last week from Los Harrow Games. There's so many amazing people in the community doing great things. And don't let don't don't be the reason why they don't have a shot at 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 living their dreams that's all i'm saying um and and i want to stop there so i can get into my guests but thank you so much thank you for being some of the best damn people i i've ever met or or interacted with you are amazing you give me hope and i love you so much for it um this episode which I'm going to keep th- keep this intro short uh, because I say that all the time. I do, and I realize that. 21 episodes in. This is episode 21. We can now drink as a podcast. Yay. But <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. I've This is now take number eight of trying to get this intro done. 
Um, not because the other ones were bad. It's just because they kept going forever. Cause I was just gushing about my guests and how, how much I had, how f- much fun I had talking to him and my guest today, tonight, this morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, it's Mike Howard, AKA snow bike, Mike, the legendary, the mythical snow bike, Mike, uh, and, the moment you listen to this episode, you'll feel the same thing I was feeling. Uh, inspired. Just inspired to be your best and to keep working at it and not giving up. Uh, Mike is incredible, and I can't wait for you to listen to this. He took time out of his morning over there in California uh, where they just got four feet of snow dumped on them. And he had to go shovel out, and he took time out of his schedule to sit down with me to talk. That's it. That's all this podcast is, is just talking with another best friend. And he took time out of his extremely busy schedule to sit down with me, and I love him for it. I can't wait for you to listen. Enough of me blabbering. Uh, Sit back, grab your Gatorade, throw some pugs in the chat, and let's get to know a best friend a bit better. Kind of funny is best friends. What that means is we are there for each other. What that means is that you can go to any kind of funny live event. You can go to an RTX. You can go to a PAX. And if you see someone in one of our shirts, you can go up and talk to them. You can go to dinner with them. Kind of funny is this. A.K.A. Snowbike Mike. What is going on, buddy? Oh, man. It's a beautiful Friday morning here. A lot of snow in Lake Tahoe, and I am super happy to join you, Kyle, one of the founding members in the Kind of Funny community. I love seeing your name. I love seeing your face everywhere. And uh, I'm not seeing a blue beard right now, but I'm liking the color of the beard today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, teaching kind of frowns on colorful beards. I can't walk into school with with major bright colors on. Um, I'm super prepared for this episode. I went out and got myself some Gatorade because I knew what was going on. Um, you're also uh, episode 21, which is Tim Duncan number. You're in come uh, air of greatness right come now. Come on, Timmy D. He's my man. He's the greatest. Is right. Well, let's get into basketball because I know you're a huge best NBA fan. Um, myself, when I was younger, that was my go-to sport. Like, I would fake being sick so I didn't have to go to church so I could watch, like, the Saturday on NBC <laughs> games and stuff. Uh, so why why NBA? Why are you so caught up in, in basketball? Oh, well, like you said there, Kyle, you know, basketball has always been my life, my family's life. Me and my little brother played basketball all the way up into high school. I actually received a college scholarship to go play basketball out in Nebraska that oh, I did position? turn uh, point guard and shooting guard. 
but Sweet. I did turn that down to move out here to California. Nebraska at 18 years old does not sound as appealing as cute California no, yeah. girls and skiing. But looking back on it, I loved the sport. I wish I could have continued. But, of course, mm-hmm. I still continue to this day. I run a men's league basketball team. We join every year. We play twice a year. So basketball is just in my DNA. And, you know, watching pro, watching college basketball is one of my favorite things to do. I have NBA League Pass. I try to watch a game a night. And, man, nothing is better right now than the generation and era of basketball that we're currently watching. We are so lucky to be able to see so many phenomenal players hit the hardwood each and every night. Absolutely. Uh, And you said you you grew up in Nebraska, correct? No, grew up in uh, Boulder, Colorado. So, you know, I was very used to that Midwest living. You know, Boulder, Colorado is a little bit different because you're on the Flatirons, the foothills of the Rockies. So you don't really feel that true farmland, flatland until you start getting out to eastern Colorado, out to Nebraska, out to Oklahoma, Wyoming. And it's just one of those when you're looking at it at 18 years old, you love the opportunity to continue the sport that you love. But you're also young, eager, and kind of making dumb mistakes then. So I was ready to just leave that Colorado scene, Mm -hmm. that Midwest scene, and go out and see something new. So when you were in Colorado, being a a huge NBA fan, were you a Nuggets guy, or or have you always been Warriors? Uh, I was a diehard Nuggets fan up until about when JR and Carmelo left Colorado. Mm, So that would have been like my high school, early college years. But I've just become more of a fan of the game. There's just so many players to like. It's tough to choose a team. I became a diehard Warriors fan when I actually bought season tickets to the Warriors. So funny story for you. In 2015, I want to say, the year before they made the finals and started winning all of this, they made the Western Mm -hmm. Conference Finals, I looked at my bartender at the time and I said, you know what would be awesome is if we bought season tickets to the Sacramento Kings. They're an hour and a half away. We could go pick and choose some games that we want to. He said, Mike, that's a great idea. Let's call them up right now. So we pick up the phone at work. We call them, and it takes us straight to an answering machine that says, hey, leave us a message. We'll call you back about (laughs) season tickets. And I looked at him. I said, that's unacceptable. And he said, well, you know what we could do, Mike? We call up the Golden State Warriors and see if they'll take our money. Golden State and San Francisco is four hours on a good day away from Lake Tahoe, which mm-hmm. somehow we gave this lady our credit card information, bought <laughs> two two pairs of season tickets to the Warriors that year, and proceeded to just get punished driving eight hours a night to go down and see a game on a Tuesday, drive right back up, go to work on a Wednesday. But it was an awesome experience, and that's yeah. the year that I got my two pug dogs, and that's Warriors awesome. took over my fandom. <laughs> that's that's dedication for sure. Um, if you were to say, I'm going to throw you on the spot right here. Uh, if you were to pick a starting five, for if you were the owner of a team, you pick any player in NBA history, who would your starting five be? Ooh, that's a tough one right there. Okay, here's what I'm going to go with. I'd go with Russell Westbrook as my point guard. Shooting guard, I would put Klay Thompson because the man can shoot the leather off a basketball. My three, of course, would have to be LeBron James. My four, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. And my five is going to be the Admiral. David Robinson. Very nice. So you can see, I like a little more of the new school basketball. I like the flair. I like the quickness. I like the speed and the energy. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's tough because you got so many great legends out there. And who better to anchor down my painted area than the Admiral? 
Absolutely. I would go a little differently. I'm more of an old school guy because that's where I grew up watching. So my point guard would be John Stockton. Uh, sh- shooting guard would be um, this is a, this is a homer pick. John Starks because I grew up a Knicks fan, so John Starks got to be my shooting guard. Uh, three, yeah, got to pick LeBron. LeBron's like a beast. Uh, in the power forward spot, I would go um, uh, uh, Anthony Mason. Again, another Homer Nick pick, and then center uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, one of the Ooh, best players to ever the dream. play the game. Not the bad. dream, yeah. That that would be my that would be my top five. I know some people are like, "What about Jordan? Jordan's great," <laughs> but I feel like that's cheating. I can't have Jordan and LeBron on the same team. It's you don't so have the cap space because there's so many basketball players they could put. If you look new, old to new, you could have put. 10 players together, 20 players together if you really wanted to make a team. It just comes down to personal preference. Absolutely. You know, I love Stockton. I love Steve Nash. I used to fame my game yeah. around Steve Nash as that high IQ pass first point guard. And, man, I just worry for those two players against people now like John Wall, Russell Westbrook, you know, Kemba Walker. They are just attacking the rim at all times. And I just don't know if poor John and Steve Nash could put up with those guys every single night. Absolutely. I think the short shorts would probably hold John back a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you're now – you went from Colorado. You moved to California. Um are you loving being a Californian now? You've lived there probably a long time now. How long have you been in California? I've been here 10 years now since 18 years old. Been okay. here and for ha- 10 years. How do you like it? I love California. California is perfect. California is so diverse. And California is a happening spot. Of course, everybody knows that all mm-hmm. around. But, man, I was so blessed at 18 years old. I could have gone to Nebraska to play college basketball. I could have stayed out in Colorado and gone to see you Boulder with all of my friends and kept partying. But I told my parents, I said, Mom, Dad, I need to go to California. I want to meet the cute California girls. But one thing, it's got to have snow. And both of them laughed and laughed, and they pointed to a map. They said, you know what, we're going to leave you here, Mike. And you would think at 18 years old with Google and the Internet at your fingertips, maybe you would look that up. Maybe you would say, does California even have snow? I didn't think of any of that. I just took the risk and left it in my parents' hands. And sure enough, I somehow landed in Lake Tahoe and never looked back. It's just so perfect here. It's much different than Colorado. I mean, I have the skiing. I have the world-class resorts, which I know and love from being back home from there. But the difference is, is... In Colorado, your only hotspot destinations are Denver, Boulder, Red Rocks, Fort Collins, Durango down south. There's plenty of spots, but nothing really compares to being able to go head to the coast to the west, go to San Francisco, Monterey Bay, Santa Cruz, San Luis Obispo, L.A., all of these hotspots down on the coastline makes it so different, so diverse than what you would get in Colorado. Yeah, and and Lake Tahoe, when I was younger— was this mythical, mystical place for me. Because <laughs> everyone that I knew that were older adults were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out to Lake Tahoe. And it's like, oh, it must be like a special place. Like every single person, because my grandparents lived in the Hamptons, as everyone knows it, outside of New York. Um, and they would always make trips out to Lake Tahoe. So I've never been. I would love to go. But like, what, what about Lake Tahoe is so special? Oh, wow. I mean, what more could you want? Summer and winter fun, which is truly incredible to think about. I mean, I came for the winters here to go skiing, go snowboarding. There's about nine different world-class resorts all around the lake that you could get lost in. 
from Heavenly Mountain Resort right in my backyard. I live two blocks away from the gondola. You have Kirkwood, which is about a 20 to 30 minute drive south of me. And that's truly this steep and deep, more like a Colorado attitude and vibe that you get with that kind of skiing. Then you can go all the way around to Sierra, mom and pop spot, Homewood, which you could literally snowboard into the lake. It's right there on the lake, which is so awesome. And you just keep going around squads and Olympic Mountain, North Star, Boreal, Mount Rose, Alpine. There's just so many cool areas to ski at. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, you just don't know about the summer fun until you're truly here. That's what captures you is you stay for the winter, you fall in love and stay forever in the summertime because the boating, the beach, uh, hiking, mountain biking, celebrity golf tournaments. I mean, this place is the mecca for summertime fun when you want to get away and hang out at the lake. So it was just a perfect situation for me having San Francisco right down the road, Sacramento for basketball. Back in the day, just two years ago, Reno had an NBA D-League team that I would go see on oh, the sweet. nightly to get my basketball fixed. So I've been blessed here. Reno has an airport 45 minutes away from me that is nice. quick, that's easy, that could fly you anywhere. So where I'm at right now is just such a perfect location and, I mean, you can't beat it. 22 miles of lake all the way around, 72 miles of shoreline. It's the bomb. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and you talked about you love the snow. You need to go somewhere where there's snow. Right now, you got a lot of it. Uh, How much snow do you have currently as of recording? <laughs> as of we are recording, we are at 110 inches in a matter Ooh. of 12 days. So we have been shoveling ripping and riding the fresh snow nonstop here. It did keep me back from going to uh, Kind of Funny Games daily on yeah. Wednesday of last week. That was a very unfortunate situation. But, of course, there's two sides of the coin. There's young, eager Mike who says, you know what, we're going to get in this car. We're going to drive no matter how long it takes. And then there's the flip side of the safety side of like, hey, maybe it's really extremely dangerous out there. They're doing mm -hmm. avalanche control up on the mountain. They're shutting down the pass just to go up and over the mountain into Sacramento. So maybe we should chill out and not do this. And, you know, after seven and a half hours in the car, we yeah. finally made that decision of it's probably not the best decision here. Yeah. And plus we got that legendary video of you in the car doing the whole hosting <laughs> thing anyway. So it kind of feels like we got it anyway. But, of course, we I don't want to speak for everyone, even though I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same sentiment. We can't wait for you to go back on, on Games Daily because uh, you're just – you're just a bundle of positive energy, Mike, and we feed off of that. So thank you so much for that, man. That means the world to me. I truly appreciate the nice words, the comments, and uh, it means a lot. You know, that's something I do that on the regular because I love the kind of funny team. I love listening to podcasts unlocked. I'm on a podcast with MC Fixer doing Xbox talking. It's just one of those things doing Thursday night karaoke and hosting casino events. I'm always practicing. I love doing the Greg Miller spiel and you know, after sitting in the car for seven and a half hours, I needed a way to throw off and blow off the frustration. So I looked at my friend and said, record this, and I just pretended to be there. W did I have plans to send it out? No, but then it no, was yeah. just so good it was worth it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, speaking about hosting, um, is that your is that what you do for a day job? You host oh. stuff at the local resorts? Like, what, uh, what do you do to keep yourself busy even though you do tons of things? <laughs> I truly <laughs> wish I'm one day we'll be close enough to that. So my main, main job that I've had for 10 years now is I'm the assistant mountain dining manager for Gondola Mountain Dining. So I help oversee three different food and beverage outlets at Heavenly Mountain Resort. I'm the manager of Heavenly Donuts. 
donuts at the bottom of the gondola where you'll be greeted with gourmet mini donuts. Super fun location. Operated with about eight employees throughout the year. Then I also oversee Cafe Blue, this mid-deck outlet. That's going to just be small coffees, packaged chips and muffins. Kind of more of a barista bar up there. And it's the only viewpoint in all of Lake Tahoe with a full 360 deck that you can walk around, check out the lake, check out the mountain, check out the Carson Valley and Reno uh, Valley area over there. So it's super cool. And then, of course, at the top of the gondola, I'm blessed to work at Tamarack Lodge. I help oversee the largest restaurant and the flagship restaurant for all of Heavenly Mountain Resort. So it's been a blast to work there since 18 to grow with them. I've been manager for about seven years now. I was a cashier and general service employee, Mm -hmm. worked my way up all the way there. So that is truly my day job that I spend about 45 to 50 hours a week at. My part-time job is working with Drew Miram Productions as an MC host around the lake. So you'll see me doing different casino events. You'll see me doing Thursday night karaoke. I've gone all around the lake doing fun and crazy things with Drew, grabbing the microphone and getting the party started. So that's always a blast. And then mm-hmm. my third gig that I love to do, of course, is on Twitch.tv. Just kind of streaming there and having a good time any chance I get. That's awesome. Uh, what about What is the toughest thing about managing so many different things? And like, I, I assume I've never worked in the dining industry or restaurant business. Uh, how hectic is it? And especially as manager where you're in charge, like how crazy does it get? It is extremely hectic. Uh, We love to say it's controlled chaos. That's a basketball term that I still use to this day. And it's one of those, when you're at Tamrack Lodge, it's such a different vibe because we do allow skiers and foot traffic. So we get two times, three times the amount of people as any other lodge around the mountain. And, of course, being one of the few that is actually an indoor lodge with a giant dining room, many of them are outside locations. We really feel the bulk of all the stress of all the public throughout the holidays and throughout the year. So it's one of those, after you've been there for 10 years, it is just controlled chaos. I know the pinch points. I know what the issues are going to be. I know how to solve those issues. If it was you stepping into the building, if it's a different department stepping into the building they look at me like oh my gosh Mike how can you even put up with this how are you still smiling it's just one that I've grown up with and one of the biggest difficulties is just you know watching over people finding out what their personalities are and somehow motivating them as everybody knows in life no matter where you are some people don't want to come into work some people don't like their job some people are hung over and party too hard the night before some people just don't want to be there and your goal as the manager is somehow to find a way to motivate them to do that job to make sure we get through the day as a team everybody stays safe provides an experience of a lifetime to our guests and makes sure that we're all having a good time that's awesome. Um, and, and going back to the, the hosting stuff, um, I, I'm actually going inter- to insert the first question uh, from people who wanted to ask Mike a question. Uh, this comes from last week's guest, Emmett Watkins Jr., one of the, my fellow prom court members. Um, he would love to know how long you've been doing the hosting and things of the sort. Uh, he's such a perfect public performer that impresses him every single time that he sees you host something. So how long have you been doing it? It's, it's something like you went to went to school to kind of like learn communications and just kind of speak in front of people, public speaking. How'd you get into the whole hosting thing? Uh, So that's a great question. Thank you, Emmett. And of course, uh, love hearing your voice, love having your back. 
I never took any classes for any sort of communications or anything like that here at the local community college. This was just something I kind of grew up with. One of my managers was such an outgoing guy, very fun, very personable, and I kind of learned from him, kind of saw what he did and does, and I just kind of made it my own. I owned it, elevated it, and personalized it into what you see today. I truly got into hosting last year. January 1st was my first ever gig, and that was simply because over the years here at Tamarack Lodge, we used to throw the world's number one opera ski party. So if you can imagine, from 3.30 to 5.30, we would turn the lights off in the lodge. We'd turn on all these flashing club lights. We'd hire a DJ, go-go dancers. We'd have half-price drinks at the bar. We'd have an MC, and the party would just be bumping, right? Mm-hmm. And every day I would hear this guy talk, this man named Drew Miram, who I currently work for now. And I would say to my co-managers, I'd say to my friends, I'm like, I could do that. Just like when you listen to the Game Over Greggy podcast and all the guys that kind of funny, I say, I could do that. Just give me a shot. And so we sat there and I sat there and I would talk with friends and they'd be laughing as I'd do stuff in the background. And one day I finally worked up the courage and I walked right up to Drew and I said, hey, I would like to do this one day. How do I get involved with what you do? And he looked right back at me and said, well, if you want to do it, I'll see you Thursday night for karaoke and here we go. And from that point forward, I kind of put the host job on my resume, and now it's just grab the microphone and try to put on a smile. That's awesome. Uh, and obviously, you know, hosting in front of live people and, and groups for parties and stuff, it it obviously works into what you do on Twitch because it, it's just you. And again, it's not like in person thing, but you are are doing the same type of hosting thing through the internet. Um, how, why Twitch? Why did you want to get into that? Uh, you know, Twitch is such a great avenue to be yourself and work on your hosting skills, really have the freedom to do anything. You know, one night I could be shoutcasting NBA 2K basketball. The next night we could be playing spooky horror games on Resident Evil 2. And the next night I could just be, you know, Debbie Downer, Mike, and be quiet and try something different. And I love Twitch that gives me the freedom to be able to do anything that I want and really work on myself when I go to kind of funny prom when I host a New Year's Eve rock and bash up here in Lake Tahoe it's kind of like hey you have to bring your A game hey you need to do this or that and when you're on Twitch you just have the freedom to do anything you want Mm -hmm. it's all up to you and so in 2015, I went to TwitchCon after numerous years of watching Twitch, whether it be Tally the Tank, who's doing Warcraft, whether it be Lyric, whether it be Ninja, whether it be uh, Shroud. I watched all these guys, and of course, I fell in love with Kind of Funny. And TwitchCon 2015 was the year that we went down to San Francisco. I met the Kind of Funny crew there live and in person, Tim, Colin, Greg, Nick, and I walked away from that experience looking at my girlfriend at the time and I said, you know what? I want to do this. I want to try this. I'm playing video games. Why don't I do it? And she said, well, if you want to do it, let's make it happen. So that evening, we hooked up the Xbox. We typed in all the special numbers and we went live to just my girlfriend and my mom. And that was about 2015. Here we are in 2019. That was about four years ago of just doing that and kind of perfecting my craft, figuring out what people do, what makes them successful, and how I can incorporate that into my streams. Nice. And um, uh, another question from uh, the people who listen. Uh, Bobby Midkiff, uh, a.k.a. Bobo Hotep, um, where do you want to take uh, streaming uh, Twitch in the, into the future? Is it like a, a thing you you see yourself making your make it the only thing you do to, to make a career out of it? 
Oh, I mean, of course, I think everybody's dream on Twitch is to make that your full-time job, make that enough to pay the bills. For me, I'd like to find more of a gray area, similar to maybe a Greg Miller path of, Yes, I could turn Twitch into a full-time job, but I'd like to get those hosting events. I'd like to maybe work on my esports commentating and shoutcasting where you see me live on Twitch five to seven nights a week, but there's going to be a week or a couple of days out of those certain weeks where I go off around the country and I host different events and I'm with the, you know, Overwatch League or I'm with the NBA 2K League. I would love to make that my dream and reality there. So that's what you'll see me currently working on. It's kind of fine-tuning what my passions are about. Of course, basketball and sports are my true passion. Video games right behind it. So how do I marry the two? And nothing is easier than saying, well, I like esports. Let's see if I can really fine-tune my streams and fine-tune my profession into Mm -hmm. something like that. What's it like uh, shoutcasting over uh, a competitive game on Twitch? It is super fun. At first, it's a, a little scary, but of course, you always remember what I want people to really walk away with is no matter where you are, if you're hosting or if you're live streaming on Twitch, just remember, and I learned this one from public speaking classes, when I looked around the class... of the room was on their cell phones, looking Mm -hmm. at some cute girl or guy, staring at their feet, and nobody was really paying attention to you. So when you're first starting out, just go out there, have fun, say whatever you want, fine-tune it afterwards, re-watch the stream, see where you messed up, and see what you can improve on. And so when I first started shoutcasting, I tried to call every single dribble, every single play, any gun pickup, anything possible. I was calling it. I was constantly yelling. And now you'll see I've fine-tuned it more into giving analysis, giving that play-by-play, but a little more relaxed, a little more chill, trying to provide the best experience to the audience. And it's gone a long way in my growth, and I know I have a fun time every single time I do it. What's your favorite thing to shoutcast? Uh, you know, I would say NBA 2K because I do it all the time. But if I'm truly being honest, my favorite thing to shoutcast would be Battle Royales. I love shoutcasting Fortnite. I love shoutcasting Call of Duty Black Ops. Very interested in getting a chance to shoutcast some Apex Legends coming up here soon because that is the hot ticket right now. But just that, you know opportunity to cast anything possible when you go out there and you're playing a battle royale moment to moment it's always different as opposed to a basketball game where there's the layups dunks three-pointers free throws fouls whatever you want to call it you're kind of constrained to this box and a certain use of adjectives and different verbs that you can throw Mm -hmm. out there when you're calling a battle royale game anything is possible you know this guy could go left he could go right he might not see a person the whole game and that what's that's what makes it fun for me it's just kind of that fluidity of this is what's happening, but anything is possible on the battleground. Are we going to see a Snowbike Mike shoutcasting Tetris 99 stream sometime oh, in the future? <laughs> that would be awesome and possibly a, a great opportunity for me. I love checking out all these new games, no matter what it is. Maybe League of Legends, Dota. We've played some Overwatch. We've played Gears of War. We've played Halo. And being able to incorporate all these into my stream as well that you'll Mm -hmm. notice every Sunday night I host a community tournament, it just gives me a chance to see a new game, see if I like that game, see if I could shoutcast that game in the future. Tetris, all of these games are definitely high up on the list. Uh being a, a streamer, every streamer has their uh, community that faithfully watches them and supports them along the way. What's that like to have your own little following, your own little community that come for you and they love you? And what's that like? 
they make it all worth it to me, Kyle. If it wasn't for those guys and gals that tune in, have some fun, keep the chat rolling, or just enjoy the content that I put out, it just wouldn't be the same. So I owe everything to all of them. I owe a lot of it and probably all of it to Kind of Funny and Greg Miller for putting me on a couple Octobers ago with the Greg Miller Industries team. And that all started for me just taking a chance. I watched other people submit their videos. I have no knowledge of using Adobe Premiere. I have barely any knowledge of computers in general. And so when I saw other people doing it, I said, you know what, Mike, take the chance. Get out there and do it. And so it led me to that opportunity, which then led to more eyes on my stream, which now has led to friendships that will last for a lifetime. I think of names like Skizip, Gifted Dim, Riri, DJ Games Official, Kevin Ace X. I could go on and on, and they all know who they are. And I've made lasting friendships where I know when I hit the go live button, a fair amount of them will tune in. We can have a conversation about their day, about my day. We can play games together. And truly, I owe everything to all of them, and they make it all possible. So thank you to anybody that tunes into anybody's stream. Remember, you are so valued. You guys make this all possible. So thank you. That's beautiful. And I kind of echo that same sentiment because that's why I'm doing this show. I, I've always wanted to do it. You just got to take that leap. You just got to do it. And that's the best way to learn is just go right into it. Uh, where can they find those streams, uh, Snowback Mike? Oh, great question there. I am live five nights a week on twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike, Wednesday through Sunday. Remember, each and every Friday we do Follower Friday giveaways with me and Tom Bach, the Patreon producer. Give back to you, the incredible best friends out there that support me with fun console gift cards. And then on Sunday nights, we host the Snowbike Mike Sunday Tournament Series where I bring all of you together to play games together. And then I selfishly shoutcast the whole event and have some fun working (laughs) on my esports persona we're currently on week 12 and we have been rocking and rolling with so many different games so don't ever hesitate we have sometimes we do individual games sometimes we do team-based games and there's no better time to go make some new friends and team up whether it be overwatch smash bros halo gears of war all of these fun games when you can team up together that's awesome and going with uh, a segment I do on every show. Um, I can kind of figure out how. Uh, but Snowbike Mike, where'd the name come from? Explain that Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> uh, that's a good one right there. That is a name that I've had for almost nine years now. So I developed that name and really received that name from a friend nine years ago in the winter time. So after my first year here in Lake Tahoe, we were skiing and snowboarding. A lot, right? And it got to the point, Kyle, where my boots and bindings were just hurting my feet too much, Mm -hmm. and it was making for an uncomfortable experience. You know, me having such a big background in basketball, everything starts with the socks, starts Mm -hmm. with your shoes, and everything's got to be comfortable. You change out socks, you change out shoes. And so when you're up on the mountain at 9,000 feet, there is no, hey, let me grab a pair of boots number two. These things are all so expensive. You're kind of locked in with your pair of boots for maybe two to four years out there. You're not really Mm -hmm. buying new boots. And so after that season, I had put up with so much pain in my ankles and my feet from tight boots, tight bindings, that I looked at my friends. I said, I just can't do it anymore. And one of them looked at me and said, well, this guy up in North Lake about an hour away from us is selling a snow bike for $45, Mike. Are you interested in that? And Mm -hmm. I said, Man, what what would be the concept? What's the idea over there? So we drove up to him. Mind you, it's mid-July. We're about to buy a snow bike. And we see the kid. He's outside 
tearing it up, telling us how great it is. He says he just wears his Nikes. And I said, okay, that sounds awesome. Paid him the $50. We strapped it to the top of the car. And there it was for a whole summer into fall, just sitting in my room as people are staring at it. I'm staring at it. And that season, I proceeded to fall in love. I would wear different Nikes to show off my cool brand and love for the Nike brand. And we'd go up on the mountain. Of course, my feet would get wet sometimes, but it was all worth it because I was so comfortable. And that's where the persona started. People would see me. I was the only person at Heavenly Mountain Resort riding a snow bike. It was foreign to people. People were afraid of me. People were interested in what I was doing. They would come right up to me with their children, with their families, asking me what it was, what I could do on it. And after that, we just kind of kept riding it, kept showing off what I could do. And it just grew to the point where one friend looked right at me and said, you know, Snowbike Mike, you're killing it. And that's where the name stuck right there. That's awesome. And, and I'm trying to picture in my head, um, is it basically like a regular pedal bike with like um, – What's what I'm looking for? Like sleds instead of uh, wheels? Is that what it is? So, yes, exactly. So imagine a BMX bike, but instead of the wheels, you have two mini snowboards. Mm, and instead mm-hmm. of pedals, I've seen some people have kind of like a, a pipe right through the metal where your pe- pedals would be. I have more of a flat uh, kind of base area right above the second snowboard where you keep both of your feet. There's a seat in between. You're not supposed to sit on the seat. It's more for kind of using that to kind of jockey position with the left and right of the skiing mentality. And, man, it is so much fun. All the possibilities that you can do. Getting up on chairlifts was incredible at first. I didn't know how to do it. We'd have it up in the air. People would look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> then we finally figured out the best way to do it. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's very different. That was the best part about it. Do you see more of them more often now? Yes, the over the nine years I've been doing it, I would say – that went from the first year, a, a new kid came in. Now we had two snow bikes out there. The third year, we would have three or four. Now up to the chance where I see maybe 10 snow bikes on the mountain anytime I'm riding around. So it's definitely becoming more popular. More people are interested in it. The unfortunate mm-hmm. part is Heavenly Mountain Resort and my Adventure Peak team, who does the activities like tubing and all of our fun summer activities, they used to have a full shipping container full of snow bikes, like 100 mm-hmm. plus. And they used to give out lessons. They used to rent them the only issue was was nobody was really that good at it like me and nobody knew how to train people properly to say hey here's your snow bike for the day go get lost on a giant mountain without us you know worrying that you're going to get injured so they took them all away and that really prevents people from being able to go out there and try them because there's nowhere else that rents them or gives you the opportunity to go ride one wow nice yeah uh a, a long island boy like myself we don't get enough snow to, to have fun things like that. As a matter of fact, I've never been snowboarding or skiing in my entire life. So, uh, again, a big man, Mike. It's just, they don't, to me, they don't go too hand in hand. I played basketball when I was younger. I played plenty of sports, but man, not, not those extreme ones. I, I, I get too scary for me. <laughs> That's all right. It's always one of those you never know later on in life with your family. You might want to take a weekend and yeah. just go learn skiing together. And it's a lifelong passion. Once you learn, it's like riding a bike. You never mm-hmm. forget. And that experience that you foster with your friends and family, learning, falling together, successfully carving up the slopes and hitting the end of the day with some hot chocolate is something you'll never forget and something yeah. I've always loved in my life, especially one of those when you really think about my past, having basketball at the forefront of my life. Basketball is a winter sport that took up 
five days a week, my weekends. Me and my family rarely got to ski, and when we did, we cherished those moments. We enjoyed those moments, and now look at me. I live in a ski town. This is something that I never thought I would truly put in the forefront of my life with basketball always there, and so skiing is just one of those. I'll never forget it, and I love mm-hmm. it for the rest of my life. What's the, what's that rush like going down the mountain on, on two like little – planks of plastic <laughs> <laughs> there is no better rush than just ripping down a sheet of ice ripping down some powder i mean it's truly magical and something i will always cherish for my life always encourage my friends to do i mean whether you are just bombing down groomers and getting in some nice turns or you're out there with chest deep powder and you're just ripping it you're hitting pillows of snow and it's just the camaraderie that you feel when you hit the end of the slope you all high five and talking about the the cool stuff you did that is the true fascination of skiing that i'll never forget nice um now we're at the part of the show where my guest gives me one thing to watch read listen to or play so mike what do you oh, got oh my gosh wow that is so great i have always promoted this one thing and since you're a sports guy i think you're truly gonna love it okay here's what i want you and all of your listeners if you have the chance it's only 30 minutes it's quick it's easy it's painless it is called the 30 for 30 espn podcast now a lot of you know espn for hosting their 30 for 30 documentaries but not many of you know that they turned a lot of these smaller stories into a podcast and so they've taken some fun stories and turned it into podcast form the biggest one that i want you all and anybody listening to go and check out is the queen of hearts now this podcast documentary series in 30 for 30 is talking about how this beautiful girl met one of the highest ranking poker players in the world and they proceeded to go around the world and actually swindle different casinos out of money because they figured out how to break the game system. Now, I forget the game, but I'm telling you, the Queen of Hearts is a must-listen. It's 30 minutes, and it goes about how they've gone to Atlantic City, uh, Lake Tahoe, Las Vegas. They went around the globe and went to different casinos and figured out how they could break the game and steal millions of dollars from them. It's a must-listen to. That sounds incredible. It, that's something like waiting uh, back in high school. I would watch the thirty for thirties whenever they were on, and looking back on on it, like there's no way that ESPN has that good of a documentary. Like it, it shouldn't work. Like ESPN is known for broadcasting live sports and, and and commentating on them and have Sports Center and all that stuff. But for them to make really compelling documentaries, it's not something I would put two to two together. But 30 for 30 is perfect, and I had no idea that there was a podcast version of it. That's awesome. Yes, it's a must-listen to, and it's a fun one. If you don't have enough time to sit down for the hour, like you just said, watching them, these podcasts are 20 minutes to 40 minutes at the most. It's a must-check out. And my apologies, it's called A Queen of Sorts. Please check that out, A Queen of Sorts. Nice. Um, what is your favorite 30 for 30? Is that is this your favorite one that they've done? Oh, man, there's so many good ones. That one I love. I love the 30 for 30 about, you know, basketball players and football players and their bad financial decisions. Mm-hmm. That one is a must watch about how they get all this money and every aunt, uncle, cousin, nephew is asking them for money. They're buying cars. They're buying houses. That's a must-watch out there. Forget the name of that one. I love the Detroit Pistons, Bad Boy mm-hmm. Era. That's yeah. a must-watch. The Miami U, seeing the university and their football culture. That's a must-watch. The one oh for me gosh, that go it, forever. it hurts, uh, but the one on Reggie Miller. 
Oh, when he when he knocks out the oof. Knicks, that one is uh, whoo. That one's good. That was good. Um, also, uh, Ric Flair's. Uh, I think last year Rick, they did one of Ric Flair. Yeah, that one was a great one as well. That um, one was for me. I'm not a big wrestling guy, but watching that, I was so in, amused, so enthused. I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" And they turn sports stories that you might not be interested in, whether it be baseball, basketball, hockey, wrestling mm-hmm. of all things. They turn these stories so good to the point where you don't want to get up, you don't want to look away. And every single one of them, I think they're on Netflix as well. Those mm-hmm. are must watch. Yeah, and it you don't have to be a sports fan either. If you just like compelling real life stuff, then yeah. The, or documentaries in general. Go watch them or listen to them. Um, so we you, we danced around it a little bit, Mike. Uh, but now we'll, we'll, I'm going to officially ask you. Um, was around the time you went to TwitchCon, was that when you got into Kind of Funny? Or was that a little bit before you started listening to the guys and become a fan? Uh, so, no, I had been listening to them since day one. I believe TwitchCon was after their full first year, mm-hmm. we'll call that, because you got to think, they probably started, and I think TwitchCon is in October, so that's when they probably started to get their true motor running. I had followed Greg and Colin back in their days of beyond. Being such an Xbox fan, I was always listening to Podcast Unlocked, mm-hmm. but I wanted to consume more, so I had, uh, I had uh, what's it called, what did they just call that? Beyond on the deck, I would listen to Colin and Greg. And when they made that announcement, I was I was like, wow, this seems really wild. Greg was such a big personality that I followed. I thought I would follow them. And mm-hmm. so just from day one, I've been listening to Kind of Funny. And truly, I'm always amused with what they bring. They're so knowledgeable about the gaming industry that I love listening to them. And now really becoming part of a vocal minority that is on the positive side I'm not the negative side but getting off the bench and meeting new people from the community going out there and spreading some Twitter love whatever it is has given me friends that will last for a lifetime due to Greg and that kind of funny team out there I mean going from being silent in the community just reading things hearing people's names to finally saying you know what I want to go meet those people I want to be involved with them has really changed my life for the better of course and it's a big deal yeah, and going back um, early days of Kind of Funny when it was really just the Game of Greggy show at that point and conversation with Colin and all that stuff, um, we would hear these stories of this best friend who would you know sit down in the Google Hangouts and just have like his <laughs> own little show that he didn't record. And so I wanted to ask you while I had you, um, what was that like? Was that like you you sat down before each one and you planned out like a whole like topic by topic thing? Like what was a it was it was was that your way of testing uh the water of getting more involved into their stuff? <laughs> you know that's funny you say that. I totally, you know, that was such a long time ago and that yeah. actually started right after TwitchCon. We were in the car driving from San Francisco back home and that's when I looked at my girlfriend at the time and I said, "You know what? I'm going to support them." I'm going to be a Twitch sub. I'm going to go support them on Patreon. And that's when we started. So I've been supporting them at that Patreon level since 2015. And it's given me so many opportunities to get in front of each and every one of the guys and gals down at Kind of Funny. And I'll never forget, before my first one, there was a couple conversations about how, I don't know if it was Colin or if it was Greg, somebody in that office had mentioned, hey, our Skype calls just usually look like two guys staring at us, we're staring at them, and the conversations are kind of flat because most of the people are nervous about meeting yeah. their heroes mm-hmm. or maybe can't strike up a full conversation without getting a little flustered. And so I said to myself, well, you know what? How do I make it unique? How do I make it my own? 
and I'll never forget, you know, just like you said, every now and then I'll write down a couple of topics that maybe they talk about or maybe that will happen in my life that will kind of continue a conversation for the 15 minutes. And there we were the first day. We turned it on, and I said, everybody, come in, come in. And they didn't really know what to expect. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to do a show, and you guys are going to sit here for it. (laughs) And they kind of looked at me like, what? And I said, okay, here we go. And just like that, I said, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Snowbike, my kind of funny best friend Google Hangout with the kind of funny team joining me today. And I went down all the lists, and you could tell Mm -hmm. they were thrown off. They were not ready for that one at all. And that became just kind of our standing joke. And we do that still to this day, three, four years later. Every single time I do the same thing, I let them come in. I say, hey, how's everybody doing? Okay, gather up. And we jump right into the mini Snowbike Mike podcast. (laughs) That's awesome. Any, like, uh... Any favorite topics that you discuss with them? That because since it it really just stayed there, like anything oh, I, crazy <laughs> that you brought up with them? Oh, I mean, always so, oh many, so many fun things. I mean, talking about Halloween parties, best Christmas presents, bringing my mom on in front of Nick Scarpino will always be a big one for me. What's, what's that like? Because that's something uh, for me personally. <laughs> my parents think it's a cult. And so whenever I go to, like, community meetups or I fly to San Francisco, first time I've ever flown in my entire life was for Kind of Funny Live 3. They're like, oh, what is it? This is weird. But how did mom react when you pulled her on, and like, face-to-face? Uh, mom had a giant smile on her face. I had prefaced her about ten, 10 minutes before. I said, hey, think of something you want to ask these guys. They do this. You know that I like them. And I'm going to bring you on. It's Christmas. Let's have a good time. And so she sat behind the camera for about five minutes, right? And as mm-hmm. I'm introduced, I said, okay, now i got a special guest. And I brought up my mom. And Nick was like, hey, 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 never do that again. I need to know if your mom's in the building. We all had a good laugh. And so you could tell that she was smiling from ear to ear. She was blushing. She had a great time, but she was so nervous that she took it more as like, I should ask them a real question. And I think it was the time when the internet thing was having an issue. It was net neutrality. And so she caught up instead of having a good time and asking them something dumb like she wanted to about the DMV and long lines. She was like, okay, what do you guys think about net neutrality? They answered it politely like they normally do. We hung up and she looked at me. She goes, dang it, I should have kept it fun, (laughs) shouldn't I? And I was like, that's fine. Uh, Probably the biggest one for me was when I first started in 2015, I was always nervous of meeting Colin. You know, mm-hmm. Colin Moriarty was somebody that I shook his hand. We had talked before, but his personality, his persona was so stern, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to crack that and to have him have a good time. And so my first two, I would get there. I'd be standing in front of the camera, and I'd be so nervous. I was like, is this going to be the one where Colin's there? And the camera would turn on. He's not there. I'd take a big, deep breath. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. okay, he's not there. And so on the third one, after two times in a row where I said, you know what? He's never going to be there. Yeah. It's no big deal. There he is. It's just me <laughs> Greg and him, and I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? And so luckily, it was pretty cool, and this was a moment I'll never forget, because that's when we really connected and bonded, was the week before I was in Denver, Colorado going to see a Rockies game. And of course, when you go to see Rockies games, maybe you're out of town, and you just are a local there, you usually don't buy the tickets ahead of time. Maybe you go buy them from a scalper for a little bit cheaper. And I'll never forget the scalpers was trying to sell us rock pile tickets, which is like the farthest back tickets you could buy, they usually sell for $7. He's trying to sell them to us for $40. Oh, damn, so there's no. me and my dad, very outspoken guys. We're giving it to the scalper. He's giving it back in front of my girlfriend. And 
So when I saw Colin, I said, you know what? We connect on sports. Maybe we can talk about that. And so I told him the story about our scalping expedition and what had happened there. And I will never forget the smile on his face, the connection we shared right that moment because mm-hmm. he told me the story about living in New York, buying New York Yankees tickets, scalping them on the side to then buy cheaper tickets, walking away with an extra $40 and still getting to see the same game. And that was the first and only time Colin was ever in my kind of funny meetups, but that was the moment that we connected and shared a bond to this day that really meant a lot to me. That's awesome. Uh, do you still go about and scalping and stuff? Is that still a thing that you do? <laughs> uh, usually I plan ahead of time now ever yeah. since I bought the yeah. season tickets. or You know, it's tough for me. You know, Boulder to Denver, it's a little bit of a drive, about a 40-minute drive. But here in Lake Tahoe, where I'm at, it's no matter what, a two-hour drive to get to a Kings game, even further to get to a Warriors and San Francisco Giants game. So I have to usually plan a little more ahead of time Mm -hmm. with my day and buy the tickets out, try to get the best experience. But if I were ever to move to San Francisco to Sacramento or back to Denver, I would be scalping tickets left and right, buying them off scalpers just for the fun of it. Yeah, Sometimes it's just the way to go. Because, yeah, like you said, it's always good to, like, you're still going to go see the show. But just to have a little <laughs> bit more for, like, a drink or two. or, or Exactly. Dog, you know. <clears throat> um, you are also, Mike, the first guest on this show that has actually been on proper kind of funny content. <laughs> um, starting with uh, Greg Miller Industries with you, uh, Cheeks Jr. and A-Rock. Um, you mentioned earlier you saw other people submitting videos and you wanted to do it and take that leap. Uh, what was it like being there and sitting in the background of, of um, was it Games Daily at that point? I'm trying to remember. Yes, that was yeah. Games Daily at that so point. Yep. You were basically just sitting back there the entire Games Daily purging Nick's PSN friend or Greg, was it Greg's or Nick's? I, I got Nick's, so I got, got to Nick's. add things, which was a blessing yeah. in disguise. What, what was that like to be there while they're creating their stuff and then later on being on the Game Over Greggy show with two other best friends who are amazing people. I can't wait to have them on here. Uh, Like, what was that like? An experience of a lifetime. You know, that's what we stress. That is our tagline at Vail Resorts, and that is something that I've taken to the heart since 18 years old and learning that tagline. It is an experience of a lifetime. Just like I tried to bring to our guests up here at Heavenly, that's what those guys and gals down at Kind of Funny did for me, A-Rock, and Mikey. It's one of those things when we talk about the best friend meetups, we talk about my Google Hangouts, we talk about people getting invited to the shows. These are guys and gals who are huge fans of those seven guys and gals down and Kind of Funny. And it's one of those things of when you get the opportunity, of course, you're never going to shy away but you're nervous you're anxious you're so excited to see what it's like and to drive down the four hours stay the night wake up have a a book full of notes I had played golf story I was looking up all the news just in case they were going to call on me Mm -hmm. and I was so excited just to be a part of it but on the backside, I was praying that I didn't get Greg or Jen's PSNs because a I don't know the PlayStation landscape that much, nor do I really know the names, the key uh-huh. players in the PlayStation landscape. So I was hoping he wasn't going to put me there, and I got accidentally do to a get full Nick. wipe, just wipe out everybody. <laughs> oh, I would have done. I would have full wiped everybody and their mother. It's right. So yeah. I got Nick. We made a little more fun. I got to add people. I think A Rock and Mikey Double D Doherty were feeling a little more pressure than yeah. I was with the fun. But to be behind them, to hear what they do, to see the studio is one of those things. You know, it's easy to look at the camera and say, man, they must have it big down there. It must be wild. It must be crazy. Then to actually show up to the studio on top 
of the comic book outpost to mm-hmm. really see that it's a two bedroom apartment up in the you know sunset area is a totally different world out there and it's 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 awesome it's cool to see all the hard work that they put in mm-hmm. and it's something that I'll never forget and something I've taken to my day the moment I left there I came up to my two bedroom two bath house up here in Lake Tahoe and I com- completely converted bedroom number one that was my streaming studio and to mimic what they have out there and kind of funny. Uh, nice. Uh, and then you go from being on there to, oh, there's one of the pugs. Which one, which uh, one is this? This is uh, Clay Thompson. What now, up, Clay? Clay Thompson is a 12.5-pound pug. She is addicted to playing ball. We can play ball 24 hours a day. She will nonstop go fetch it and run down the stairs. She's actually once climbed up my staircase up and down a hundred times in a matter of an hour. That's 17 stairs times a hundred. So you can do the math there. This dog never gets tired. And her twin sister, Steph Curry, weighs 25 pounds, will not move unless it's food related. (laughs) And so I have the best of both worlds with those two pugs there. That's awesome. She's adorable. Um, so you go from, uh, Greg Miller Industries being on there and then the game of Greggy show. Um, what made, uh, the whole prom hosting thing happen? Uh, was that something (laughs) they were like, Hey, we're going to do this really cool eighties, nineties prom idea. We need a host and you're the perfect fit. Uh, Yeah, that was pretty much how that one went. Uh, You know, (laughs) in that year leading up to it, they had known. And, of course, with my Google Hangouts, I had informed them of my hosting job, doing karaoke, doing various casino events. And I would always update them with what I was doing, what I was working on, how I was getting better. So I think they knew in the back of their mind that I was somebody that was striving for that. And, of course, if you really know the story, I got the call from Tim Gettys a week before prom. I was just going to be a guest there. Mm-hmm. We were going to go out about the motions, and Tim Gettys called me on a Friday before prom. He said, hey, Mike, do you want to host this? We've been thinking about you, and we think you'd be a perfect fit. And, of course, you never say no to an opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah. In the background, I was saying, oh, my God, this is going to be the scariest moment of my uh-huh. life. And so I took the opportunity, and I'll never forget, you know, showing up a couple hours before prom, kind of doing the rundown with the guys over there, getting to hang out with Jamie Kennedy over in the corner while they were doing their things. And then, of course, to hear that Smash Mouse was coming before (laughs) anybody else was really a special one because I had Uh my clothes in the green room. And Tim's like, hey, just so you know, you can use the green room, Mike, but Smash Mouth is coming, so if you could, like, (laughs) leave the green room, that would be great for us. I was like, that's fine. And it was the experience of a lifetime I'll never forget. That's awesome. And being a attendee of prom and being there for you hosting, you crushed it. It's <laughs> what it's it's one of those things like there's so many best friends out there who create content and do these amazing things. But seeing you up there and just being you and being just the hype master, it, it I know for myself it just like I was so proud of you, man. And oh. we we barely even spoke beforehand, but like God, it made me so happy. Thank you so much. Yeah. That means a lot to me. And, of course, you know, I learned so much from that. I grew so much from that opportunity. And I got to be in front of 850 best friends that, you know, if I was just a, an attendee there, I would have stuck to my small circle. I was able to get out in front of all of you, get to meet you guys during and after the show, which really gets you to grow that community that you have, gets you to meet more best friends. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. I mean, the kind Absolutely. of funny world tour here for 4.0 is a great opportunity for anyone around the country and now around the world in the UK to get a chance to go out and meet similar minded people that you would never get to meet in your normal day to day. And I love going to these meetups. I love getting 
getting to see everybody. And it's not just for the kind of funny guys. It's I get to hang out with best friends that I would never get to meet or see in my normal day. Absolutely. That's what it's all about is meeting fellow best friends and hanging out. Um, and it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I think I'm trying to remember the, the thermometer from the January streams. Uh, everyone will get to see you host prom around June, I think, right? Sometime prom in the was summer, in June, correct. Yep. Uh-huh. So I think the, the video version will actually come out sometime this year. And then oh my will, gosh. will see Sweet. you crush it, uh, <laughs> which is insane. Um, but And yeah, I'm uh, actually speaking of Kind of Funny World Tour. They're in San Francisco this weekend. Uh, which I assume you'll be there. Uh, given the snow situation, yeah. Yeah, we're going to yeah, pray. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to expect another 20 inches of snow oh, by geez. Sunday. Oh, so no. I don't know if I'll be able to sneak out. It will be very upsetting to miss it. But, you know, it's yeah. one of those things. Safety is all that matters. And uh, we're going to cross our fingers. Hope for good yeah. weather here. I'm so happy they're doing that because um, they're coming to New York in April. And there's so many people in our little kind of NYC community who have never met any of the guys. And they are freaking out, and I'm so excited for them to <laughs> finally understand, like, why – I mean, I'm, I'm sure they do understand why they're so awesome, but, like, to actually meet them and tell them face-to-face how awesome they are is going to be amazing. That's – I can't wait. Love can't it. Wait. Um, now it's time for part of the show where uh, my guest brings an old Game Over Greggy show topic, and I say this now since they've rebranded the show to the Kind of Funny Podcast – I'll have to rework how to word it, but right now it's still an old GOG topic, and Mike, you have a good one. What is it today? You know, one of my favorite GOG topics, and gosh, there's so many great ones out there, but one that I can tell a good story about and always make us laugh is, what was one of the dumbest things you've ever spent money on? So, Kyle, I'll take it off, and I can't wait to hear yours, because I know you probably got a good one for me. (laughs) But back at 18 years old, it was our first year living in Lake Tahoe, kind of being out on my own, away from my parents, having a first job where I was getting a paycheck that you didn't really know what to do with at 18 years old, nor should you have really been able to spend that money. Uh And I looked at my buddy at the time, I said, you know what, I want a pet. He said, well, Mike, I don't think you're ready for a pet, but okay. So we went down to the local pet store, and there we are. We're looking at fish. We're looking at birds. We're looking at lizards and snakes. And there's what caught my eye, a bearded dragon. Now, if you don't know, a bearded dragon is a pretty medium-sized lizard. It's not as small as a gecko. It's not a giant iguana. It is a medium-sized lizard that does not want to be touched, nor does does it want to hang out with you. And I looked at my friend. I said, this is it, Nick. And he said, are you sure, Mike? It's pretty expensive. I said, Nick, this is the pet that I want. I want a bearded lizard. So all in, I think I spent $550 at 18 years old. I think that was my whole first paycheck. I think I had like $5 left to my name. We drove it home, right? It's in the box. It's shaking. It's freaking out inside of the cardboard box. I'm looking at Nick, giving him the thumbs up. He's shaking his head like this is a bad idea, isn't it, Mike? We get home. We set up the terrarium, we put in the sand, we got the light, we drop in the lizard, and now it's me and Nick, two young dudes, just staring at this bearded lizard. It's staring back at us like it doesn't want anything to do with us. And I'm looking at Nick, I go, this was a bad decision, wasn't it? Nick looked right back at me and goes, this was the dumbest decision you've ever made in your life, Mike. And I go, you're probably right, Nick. So I immediately get right back on the phone. Call up the pet store, tell him, I can't have this. I got to take him back. The guy is like, yeah, I saw that coming, my dude. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take it all back. You bring everything. 
We'll go from there. I promise you, 10 minutes later, we were back in the car. Lizard is shaking in the cardboard box. We took it right back to the pet store. So that was one of my dumbest uh, purchases I've ever made. Oh, yeah. That, that is... Yeah, looking back, that's probably not smart. But like you said, you were probably hyped. You were going to have a dragon. <laughs> I was going to have a bearded dragon. It was going to be a big deal. Girls and guys were going to come out here. We were going to pull it out the cage. It was going to scurry all over us. It was going to sit on my shoulder. And uh, it just didn't seem like that was going to be the case. <laughs> Did you have a name picked out? Uh, Iggy, Iggy. Iggy the Lizard. And that was from the T.Y. Beanie Babies. I nice. believe Iggy the Iguana is what it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, being a Beanie Babies kid back in the 90s, Same. that was always stuck with me. Absolutely. That's nice. Did you buy the food and everything, too? Oh, yeah. We what had is food. the bearded dragon crickets. eat? Oh, was crickets? Oh, giant crickets. Oh, yeah, yeah giant crickets <laughs> that uh, you don't want in your household because yeah. if those get loose, you're going to have crickets in your house. So, so you had, like, a, just a big tub of live crickets? Oh, yeah, just a big bit. old balloon bag full of crickets that I was supposed to go back and see him, like, once a day, once every two days, <laughs> which would have just added to my commute in life that I'm glad yeah. I didn't do. Oh, man. Uh, mine is not nearly as exciting as that. Um Back in high school, I got really, really into um, playing softball with my friends. And um, we, we had fun. Every Sunday, we would go to the local park where I worked. I was a groundskeeper and uh, made sure we, I booked field time and played nonstop. And then with my town job being the groundskeeper, we were I was picked to play against another town. It was like a town versus town softball game. And I didn't like my old rundown bat that I had that I actually found um, that somebody uh, left after one of the men's softball games. Um, and it was all beaten down. There was no grip on the on the handle. It stung my hands every time I connected with the ball. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to get the best of the best for this one softball game. And so I went out and I researched it like, a ton. It was a Mizuno bat. I don't remember the the name of it, but it was bright orange, black lightning bolts down the side. It sounded, it looked amazing. I got it. It cost me like four hundred dollars. Uh, again, in high school, not do not have that money <laughs> to be throwing out for a bat. I go show up to the game and I walk up to the plate. I take it out. I'm ready to go, and the ump looks at me and says, "Oh no, that's not a regulation bat. You can't oh. use it." And so um, I had to buy it in advance, so I couldn't return it after the game. So I was stuck with a $400 softball bat that I have yet to use. Oh <laughs> it's still sitting in my, my car. It's unused. I, it's, I could really use that $400 now. But <laughs> <laughs> I was so ready. I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to hit home run every single time. And nope, haven't used it since. That is awesome, Kyle, because I have a similar story to that. Actually, I'm one of those guys when I get into a sport like that, I usually go full in, right? So recently, at the beginning of the year, I got into the rock climbing community. I got a bag. I got a harness. I got rope. I got carabiners. I'm out. The lady's looking at me like, it's your first day. I'm like, get me the Mm -hmm. shoes for $100. Mm -hmm. We're going for it. So she was happy I made all those purchases. Now I have a bag full of rock climbing gear that I need to use and abuse or else I'm going to be a bad decision. But I was similar to you. 
Three years ago, I got into co-ed softball. Now, being a basketball guy, I was never big into baseball, Mm -hmm. never played much community softball while I was out here. And one of my friends from the men's league basketball team said, hey, every year I put on a co-ed team. You should come join us. It's a bunch of guys and gals your age. You'll love it, Mike. And so, Mike being Mike, just like you talked about, now I got a bag. Now I got shoes. I got a brand new glove. And I'm looking. Did you get eye black? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> got the nice Troy Tulowitzki glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I show up and he goes, just so you know, Mike, this is what a softball bat looks like. Here's what we have for you. And I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. The next night I proceeded to go buy two softball bats. <laughs> and to this day, they sit in my bag. I never use them mm-hmm. because with most things in life, you got to kind of put a little bit of use into them. You got to get them in rotation. Yep. Get them to have that nice sweet spot on the baseball bat. And I never use them. They sit in my bag. And yep. that's a purchase that I wish yeah. I never bought. It, it, it seems for me it usually goes with like a sport thing. Because another one was, like, in college. Do you know the sport of broomball? Have you heard of it? No, no. All right. So broomball is is big in upstate New York. It's probably big elsewhere. Um, But it's basically ice hockey. But you play in no skates. Um, You wear your sneakers. And you have a broom handle with, like, a triangle rubber end on it. And it's, like, this big rubber uh, ball. And it's just hockey. Regular hockey rules. But you're running on the ice with your sneakers. And you have this broom handle with a giant rubber stop at the end. And you're just playing, and, and you go all out. I had the worst tread on my sneakers in college, and every time I would get on the ice and I run all over the place, I couldn't stop. So, like, the way I stopped while playing broomball is I would run full force into the boards and use the boards <laughs> to stop myself. And it became so dangerous because I fell, I bruised my back, I bruised my tailbone, which took me out for, like, a week or two. Um, it was intense, so I went out and I looked up um actual broomball sneakers which has like ridges on it and there's specific broomball uh, sneakers and they're like 75 bucks i never did buy those sneakers because i thought better of myself but i had it in my cart like every other day i was like you know what yes i need this i'm gonna be a pro (laughs) broomball player let's go but luckily thank god i never bought those oh I love that. I love that. Those impulse purchases oh, that will haunt you to this great. day are the best. Absolutely. Um, that was a great, it's a great topic. I'm, I'm happy. I hope you are better with your money than the high school version of you. <laughs> I know I'm not. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's continue and make better money purchases going forward. Um, now it's time of the show where I re- ask you the questions that were asked because you were coming on the show. Um, the very first question, actually the next two questions, because they kind of go hand in hand. Um, first one comes from Joe Wilson at Afro Cyborg. How do you maintain that much hype on a daily basis? And jumping off of that, from Andrew Taylor at Papa Drew Bear, what's it like being the internet hype man? <laughs> well, I love spreading the positivity. I love bringing the hype no matter where I go. Uh, I think it came down to a long time ago when I was the manager and we were kind of getting the training videos on how to motivate staff, how to get them excited about it. One that really stuck out to me was called the fish model. And now this was like a 1980s video that we had to watch from the Seattle Pikes Plakes market about the guys who have the fish down there and would throw the fish and talk about how much life sucked living around fish, having mm-hmm. your day-to-day be about fish throwing fish in the cold. And one that stuck out to me, though, when they talked about the four principles that they did was play, choose your attitude, have fun, and be present. And one that I always live by is choose your attitude. 
no matter where you are, you are the one that gets to choose what you're going to be like out there. I know there's outside circumstances, but truly and honestly, you choose the attitude that you come into work with, you come into your life with, and if you choose the right attitude, it's going to make your day easier. It's going to make you have more fun. And so every day I try to wake up with that mantra of like, what's my attitude going to be like today? Am I going to be sad? Am I going to be down? Am I going to be mad? Or am I going to have fun and go out there and just try to be the best me I can be? And I think it's also fueled, of course, by a lot of Gatorade and probably 120-plus ounces of black chai tea lattes that I drink nonstop. So there's a lot of caffeine, a lot of sugar going into this body. (laughs) But it's just all about choosing your attitude. I mean, I'm like anybody else. I go out there. I have a long day at work. I'm tired from shoveling feet of snow, and I try to take a nap. I say, man, I don't want to do X today. But really, in the back of my mind, I say, no, I want to do that. Get up and go provide a best experience. And it's fun to bring the hype, get the energy levels out there, and see who feeds off of that. You know, some people aren't into my kind of stick. I see people at work every morning. I give a speech just like you see me on Twitch right now. I give this speech at 7.30 in the morning at 9,000 feet in like 20-degree weather, Mm -hmm. and half of the staff is going to vibe with it. They're going to get motivated. We're going to go out there and shovel, and the other half of the staff is like, hey, man, I haven't had my morning coffee. Hey, man, I don't really like this way. And so you find the people that you vibe off of. You find the people that get energized, and then the people that you don't vibe with, you try to find a different way to get them energized and motivated, and that's really why I like bringing the hype and being the way I am. Well, thank you for being the way you are because it's awesome. <laughs> uh, which is, you, were, you brought up Gatorade, which reminded me, what is your go-to Gatorade flavor? What is the one your favorite? I have two go-to Gatorade flavors, and then the rest I can drink anytime, anywhere, except for Fruit Punch. Never drink Fruit Punch yeah. because then your, your whole mouth turns red. Yep. It's not a good look, so don't drink Fruit Punch. Uh, Riptide Rush Purple. Everybody loves Riptide Rush. Mm, it's just so, so yep. good. So that's my go-to. Now, there's another one that not many people know about, but I could drink this Gatorade hot. I mean steaming hot because it's that good of a Gatorade. It's called Fierce Melon. Now, Fierce Melon mm-hmm. I fell in love with back in high school. We would go to different basketball camps around all these campuses around Colorado, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Wyoming, right? And so all of these camps would have different Gatorades, but one we fell in love with was Gatorade Fierce Melon. And I'll never forget, the camp counselor was like, oh, I forgot to put the Fierce Melon on ice. Do you want to try it? And we drank it. It was steaming hot, but it was so good. And so Fierce Melon, if I ever see that in the store, I'm buying a case of it right away. Absolutely. And you saying that reminded me that those are also some of my favorite. I believe there's a mango one, correct? There is a mango one. Mango yep. one's it's, real good. Oh, it's pretty incredible to see the different flavors they've had yeah. and they've to come out with. Of course, cool blue is a mainstay in my household mm-hmm. just because we kind of got that kind of funny blue going on yeah. in my life. So that's also a good one. But you could get lost in all the Gatorades if you want to see a fun one. I will tell you this. I've promoted Gatorade so much that one of the kind of funny best friends out there, his name is Kevin Hollick. Kevin Hollick, a year ago, has never had or tried a Gatorade in his life. Wow. I have somehow convinced Kevin Hollick to go to different <laughs> corner stores, supermarkets, targets around his local area and buy one Gatorade bottle every week, drink it, and make a video about it. That's so if you awesome. ever want to see Kevin Hollick's Gatorade in review, I'll tell you, they're priceless, they're great, and it's a lot of fun. That's great. Uh, where does he stand on the frost color, frost flavors? Because those are my uh, fa- all-time favorites. <laughs> I don't think he's got 
gotten to the frost oh, okay. yet. You'd have to rewatch them. I think he's about three episodes in. Nice. And has tried about six flavors. That's awesome. Um, next question comes from Mark Freeman at the Indie Boy One. Uh, when are you going to go international and come over and see us all in the UK? <laughs> I would love to go international. That is definitely in the cards for this year and next year. Just like Kyle spoke about, better use of my money and finances have led me to this point where, you know, kind of being single, being on my own, owning the home here up in Lake Tahoe has really helped me manage my finances. I've moved on from buying things that I don't need and kind of really tightened down the budget. And now you'll see... Right now, this year, next year, you're going to see me going to things that I want to do. I have a trip to go all by myself for my birthday in May to Hawaii just to kind of recharge my batteries, go out there and see some part of the world that I've never been to. You'll notice that I'm going to about four to five big-time gaming events this year, and that's because I've saved my money wisely. So in the cards, maybe this October for the kind of funny meet and greets, maybe next year in the spring during May, I can take a big trip like that because everybody on the planet wants to travel, wants to see Mm -hmm. new things. So you can't expect Snowbike Mike to go international very soon and that's all largely in part because i'm managing my finances better that's awesome well whenever you have some free time and some more money come on over to new york mike let's 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 go just hang out in times square and just have you do your thing i'm sure you'll have a huge crowd around you (laughs) (laughs) uh next question comes from my co-host on the trophy room bad bit games mr bad bit himself uh when you coming on the trophy room Mike, that's his first question. You want to come on and talk some PlayStation? I know you're an Xbox guy. I would love to come talk some PlayStation. I am a big Xbox guy, but of course I do have that sweet, 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 amazing red Spider-Man PS4 Pro. So I still get on my PlayStation. I love my PlayStation uh, VR headsets, and I would love to come join these guys and you guys out there for the trophy room. And that's also another one I always want to talk about. And with the up-and-comer initiative by Kind of Funny, this is a great moment here. I like to do it. I like to try to check out the community, see your podcast, listen to OK Beast, Irrational Passions, the Geeky Gamer Gal. Mm-hmm. All of these different groups and guys out there are creating stuff that you can go out there, listen to, support, find things that you love and that you like. And it's a perfect opportunity with everybody kind of raising their hands and saying, me, 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 let me be chosen. Now's a perfect moment to look left. Look right. Look at the people around you who are out there creating content similar to you or maybe in a space similar to you with a small audience looking to grow, looking to get support. Now's the perfect time to say, hey, maybe instead of just saying me, 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 say, hey, my name is Kyle. Hey, my name is Snowbike Mike. I do this. Hey, what do you do? Where can I find it? How can I check it out? So the trophy room is something that I listen to. The My Xbox and me, I listen to it and I still co-host it, but I've listened to it for years. There's different groups in this community that I love to check out, love to try to support the best I can, and I hope everybody else out there can take the time and do that as well. Absolutely, yeah. Even if it's not... If it's not Mike, it's not MC Fixer, it's not me or Joe, just go and nominate someone in the community that's doing a great job Get, and, and have them, you know, have the confidence uh, that they know they're doing the right thing and they're following their dreams. Uh, second part to Joe's question is, um, just I, he wants you to discuss your thoughts on Resident Evil 2 Remake. And oh. k- kind of like in a, 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 like a side note, um, when you stream, why don't you curse? You make the decision not to curse. (laughs) Why is that? Well, let's do the cursing part first. Uh, Always 
back in the day growing up with Big Mike, my father, you know, cursing, we would curse. He would look at us like, maybe you should expand your vocabulary Mm -hmm. and find something different, be a little bit better. And that's one of those, when I'm out there and I'm streaming, I'm just trying to be better, trying to expand my vocabulary. Everybody knows the curse words. Everybody knows what they mean. Everybody has their different opinions on them, whether you're fine with them, whether you get put off by them. But really, in the public light, where I'm trying to be, where I'm trying to go and grow to, people are going to look at you, maybe judge you for the actions you say. And yes, curse words all in all aren't that bad. But at the same time, when you're trying to apply for a public figure or be the face of something, they would prefer you not to be known for the cursing, the mean, angry gamer type look. And so I'm trying to just expand my vocabulary, be a little bit bigger to a wider audience to show, hey, I could go up on stage and you would know that I'm not going to choose X, Y, and Z, and I can ensure that we're going to have a good, family-friendly, fun, hyped-up event without having to turn to curse words to do anything, to elevate anything. So that's just one for me. I try to get better at Of course, I do have my slip-ups like mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. I have my nights where I say, you know what, I'm going to let them fly. We're going to go crazy. But all in all, my goal is to try to get better at maybe finding alternative words for not saying that. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then on the flip side for Resident Evil yeah. 2 <laughs> Remake, wow, what an amazing game. What an awesome awesome remake so i'm a guy like kyle said before i'm a big xbox guy so the resident evil games weren't really ever my thing weren't really part of my childhood and my gaming history until about five six and seven i believe are the only resident evil games i had played beforehand and so to get a chance to go back check out resident evil 2 see what the hype was about see what kind of built this franchise but have it up remade put onto controls that we want now mm-hmm. really changed the landscape for me. And this is a fun, interesting, scary story that has some great jump scares and moments that I'll never forget. I just finished Leon's campaign, and I'm still telling everybody and their mother about how awesome that ending sequence was. And so cool. I hope to have more experiences like that. I'm not really a scary gamer type of guy. Neither am so I. So when you see me play those games or Outlast we did over the Halloween oh Dead Space. Dead Space is more action yeah. scary but mm-hmm. those true scary horror games I usually tend to avoid so this one is a big one for me and it's it's a lot of fun. I, I agree with you on that being a scary gamer. That's not I don't do that either. Uh, Dead Space I have and Funny story about that. I, I said this on the trophy room. Dead Space 1 I played in the middle of the summer back when it first came out. And there's a moment in the game where the lights go off completely and you're in the darkness. At that same time, I lost power in my house. Oh, no. <laughs> so it freaked the crap out of me. It was bad. Uh, but I also, not a Resident Evil player, haven't played them all. I have Remake waiting to go. So I'm excited to... Because Joe's telling me, you're telling me, everyone in the world's telling me how great it is. I need to, I need to get going on that. Um, next question comes from Skizup at Skizup on Twitter. Uh, what is the five year plan for Snowbike Mike? Where would you like to be personally, professionally in five years? Also, one place you have never visited that you would really like to go. You're the best. Oh. Thank you, Skizip, for the great question. She is an amazing member of this community, so supportive of everyone, and also is trying to stream herself. So go out there and give her some love Absolutely. on her Twitch channel, at Skizip, of course. Where would I like to be in five years? You know, it's so awesome 
right now over these past two years, you've seen me grow, you've seen me improve, you've seen me kind of get a little more of a spotlight on myself. And now is really the time where I'm finding my true passions, my goals in life, where I want to be, and really refining them and figuring out how to fine-tune those to be exactly what they are. It's easy to say, oh, I want to be an internet personality or Oh, I want to go out and do that. But the question is, is, well, what does that truly look like? What is that? Where do you actually want to do and be? And so for me, when I fine tune and I look at my passions, like we've talked about with sports, with entertainment, with video games, what I really want to be in the five-year plan are two routes right now. Route number one is I'd like to join the esports sector. Of course, my dream would be a host and or shoutcaster, but I would like to join it right now. Go out there, be the camera guy, be the entrance ticket taker get in that environment get in that vibe where I'm learning more my life is kind of around that right now my life is all about skiing and snowboarding which Mm -hmm. is my passion in life but not truly one of the big three that I want to commit to and so getting in that esports sector would be huge for me whether it be media whether it be journalism whether it be actually at the events and that's where I think I would thrive at is in those events as a shoutcaster as a host and further on on the flip side I'm very interested in podcasting becoming a more of a personality and a host for an IGN, a GameSpot, uh, all those are great and op- awesome opportunities, but they're very limited. And when I think of outside the box, I start to think of bigger events. Like, I would love to be the face of Heavenly Mountain Resort and Vail Resorts because I can spread that message of skiing and snowboarding as a lifetime passage, providing an experience of a lifetime. And when I look at it, maybe even basketball, I'd love to team up with an NBA team and be one of their courtside announcers, one of their courtside hosts and entertainment directors. That would be a great passion. So you kind of see me starting to really refine and fine-tune what I want and how I can chase those dreams. And I think I've narrowed down into a smaller window than just saying, I want this. Mm -hmm. And now you'll see in the next five years how I start to take steps to do that. I've done it on Twitch with Sunday Night Sunday tournaments where I'm live streaming fun community tournaments. I'm hosting my own tournament. I'm organizing a tournament. And I get to shoutcast that on top of it. I do tireless nights with NBA 2K shoutcasting for community-led events that I love to do. And I'm fine-tuning my podcast podcasting, my camera skills, my hosting skills. Those are all things I'm trying to fine-tune and grow, put on the resume, and so I can adequately and eloquently say to somebody, hey, I can do this for you to help elevate this. Yeah, it sounds great. And if any of that doesn't work out, and I know it will, you should just become a life coach, Mike. I am (laughs) just sitting here listening to you talk is giving me so much uh, inspiration, man. It's insane. Uh, uh, second part of Schism's question, where would a uh, place you've never visited that you really want to go oh, to? Oh, place I've never visited that I would really love to go to. Let's go with two right now. I would love to go down to Australia. A dream of mine and something that you'll always see me talk about is I'm very interested in the ocean. I'm interested in the different ecosystems in the ocean. I'm really interested in sharks. I love sharks. I think they're awesome. They're one of the biggest beasts on the planet, prehistoric animals that really have led the ecosystem and really are the apex predator around. So you'll see me, I talk about shark diving in my life. Out here in San Francisco, there's an opportunity to go shark dive in the Fairlong Islands, which is these islands 
five hours off the coast of San Francisco that look like Jurassic Park, right? Nice. And you can go down there and see the Great Whites. So my dream would be to go down to Australia, swim in the coral reef, and go check out some sharks down there in the summer. And then on the flip side, I would love to go down to Spain. I would like to go into Europe, travel around all of Europe, but I want to go to Spain. I like the sun. I like the culture there and uh, something I'm very interested in. That's awesome. Um, next question is actually kind of like a flip to schisms uh this comes from drew uh canada at dh canada on twitter if in 2014 you were asked where do you see yourself in five years is your current life the same as what your answer was correct if you looked at me in 2014 my life would be perfect for what i had asked i'm now traveling i'm expanding my gaming passions and really following more of my passions as opposed to just going to a job that I know and love, but something that I'm not fully passionate about. So you'll see that after five years now, I'm really fine tuning what I want. I'm pursuing my passions. I'm not afraid to take the moment, take the change that really held me back. I was somebody, a creature of habit, as you would call it. Somebody that loved to do X, Y, and Z always know what they're going to come home to. Now I'm kind of expanding that of like, hey, let's take a trip over there. Let's take a side step in our career and try something different, try something new. I think the only thing I'm missing is a beautiful girlfriend. I have two beautiful dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm just missing a nice girlfriend, but that will come in time is the only thing that 2014 mike would say to you yeah (laughs) and yeah i'm in the same boat um (laughs) mike that's it we're at the end of the episode i want to oh my gosh this has been such a joy and i can't thank you enough for coming on it's incredible to actually sit down and talk with you because at prom it was very touch and go like you were you were busy hosting and doing that thing and i wanted to talk to you more but i'm happy that we finally got to got to do this Oh, thank you so much for inviting me here to spend an hour and a half talking with you. It's really something special. It's one of those, like you stressed with the kind of funny meet and greets, this is about all of us getting to meet one another and getting to spend time with each other. I am so blessed to be able to travel around the nation to these different events, get to see best friends out there, get to meet them, get to share an experience that we'll never forget. And this podcast right here, this time that you and I get to carve out and talk to something is that I'll never forget forgets i'll be able to talk to friends about and i can't wait to see who else you get to bring on i know you touched on a rock and of course cheeks mikey double d doherty i know mikey is really following his passions Mm -hmm. that's somebody out there that i'm inspired by a rock has such a great job that he travels around the globe for so those are two awesome guys and so many more that i can't wait to hear their stories about yeah I, i can't i can't wait either uh mike where can they find you on the internet Oh, you can find me at Snowbike Mike on all my social media platforms. That's Instagram and Twitter. And then, of course, check me out five nights a week at twitch.tv slash Snowbike Mike, where I'm bringing you that spicy game. Play, 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 play. Or, of course, if you like Xbox, you can go check out the My Xbox and Me podcast, where I podcast with MC Fixer once a week. It goes live to everybody on Fridays. So you can catch a new episode right here, right now at youtube.com slash MC Fixer. And you can find me on Twitter and on PSN at WhoDatNinja73. You can follow this show at BFS Talk Funny on Twitter and podcast services wherever you listen to. Do me a favor. Do the podcast thing. Rate it five stars. Leave a comment. Tell me uh, if you want to be on the show. Hit me up. Send me a message. I would love to meet you and have you on. Um, If you like PlayStation, it's kind of like... 
I'm your your yang to your ying type of thing. <laughs> uh, if you like PlayStation, I do a PlayStation podcast called The Trophy Room with my good friend, Mr. Badbit. It's called PS Trophy Room on Twitter. We, uh, new episodes go live every Thursday, and we talk the latest and greatest in PlayStation. And last thing is, uh, if you're in the New York area and you want to come hang out with best friends, myself and another best friend, Kelsey, we plan community meetups all the time. You can follow at KindaNYC on Twitter to get... Um, to know when the next one's coming up, especially because the Kind of Funny World Tour is coming to us in April. We have a lot of fun things planned, including a Super Smash Brothers tournament in Bryant Park in New York City, as well as maybe a, a, a uh, adventure in Coney Island, and many, many more uh, crazy experiences. Um, and without further ado, remember, be kinda to one another. Bye!